What is up, gorgeous souls? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Embodied Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Fisher, and in today's episode, I am joined by Dr. Marie Tuin, who is the founder of Love Insight, a mindful dating and relationship coaching practice where she supports people of all different kinds of backgrounds in creating vibrant and empowered love lives. She believes in the power of intentional intimacy to transform our inner and outer worlds. This is such a juicy fucking conversation where we dive into what mindful dating is, how to decondition our patterns and habits, how we can be both committed to love and freedom at once, speaking into whether or not we have to actually choose between monogamy or non-monogamy forever, diving into that mono slash polyamorous duality, how dating can actually be a catalyst to our spiritual path, the parallels between entrepreneurship and dating, how we can find romance and enchantment on dating apps. You are going to absolutely want absolutely want to dive into this week's episode. Let's get it. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to be diving into this conversation. Welcome Dr. Marie Tuin. I am very excited to be diving into so much juiciness around relationships and even just like starting to see the through line of like entrepreneurship and relationships and I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you Rachel for having me. I'm so excited too. This is such a great topic. Okay, I'm so like I was just looking over the different things we're going to go over today and I feel like a really beautiful place to start is definitely going to be like the question around what is mindful dating for those who are listening and are like, oh, like I, I, w- I want to find a partner and I love dating, but like, how do I do that mindfully? Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, mindful dating is my jam. Like, I think that dating is such an opportunity to get closer to ourselves mm. um, rather than feeling like we have to conform to other people's opinions and what we think that they might want from us. Mm. So, mindfulness really is about presence, it's about being present to ourselves, to our emotions, to our bodies, to mm. what is going on. And really flowing with the moment rather than with a planned out agenda. Mm. And that doesn't mean we can't be intentional or have visions and, you know, really go for what we want. But, you know, can we also be willing to flow with the moment to moment experience and Mm. use everything that we are, you know, including our intuition and, our rational brain too, but just really do it in a wholesome way. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I mean, I know that, I mean, I've been with my partner now for four years. We're getting married this summer, but I know that there was like a two-year period between meeting him and then being in a different relationship and I feel like I went on so many, like, not mindful dates. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a lot of my experiences, I feel like just continually reflecting parts of me that, like, just longed to be seen, but I wasn't meeting those needs within myself. And so it was like, I just kept, like, finding myself in these situations where people weren't available or like just in many different ways. And it became so clear to me that like I was being invited into like really acknowledging my own patterns, my own tendencies, like my own habits and like the ways that I was showing up for myself. And I know that there's like, it's such a nuanced conversation because obviously so many people date for different reasons. And like, you know, some people are like, I just want to have fun. And then other people are like, I want my love and my soulmate. So I know that regardless of the approach, like there's a lot to be said about like radical self-responsibility. And as you mentioned, there's like this mindful invitation, no matter why you're dating, it's like there's this invitation into taking that responsibility of like what it is you're actually looking for, what you're bringing to the table. And so I'm curious for, in your opinion, like how can we decondition our tendencies, patterns, attractions, and habits so that we can actually date from our deepest our deepest truth, um, rather than like socially ingrained notions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my favorite part of the process, really. Like, how do we decondition our brain mm-hmm. to be more authentic, to be more in alignment with our hearts, rather than 
external ideas or mm. how I like to put it is how do we act from a place of internal authority rather than external authority mm. and that is so applicable to dating and to really like everything else that we do um, and the first step in my opinion is to just bring awareness mm. to okay what are the different voices that are in me like what are my different thoughts about things and what are my motivations mm. and then how do I disentangle how do I um, become aware of which ones are from external sources of authorities maybe mm. I've acquired them from the media or from my parents from my upbringing um, and which ones are the perhaps quieter voices of my own heart, of what I know is possible for my own soul journey. Mm. So that process of disentangling mm. is really a process of self-knowledge and being so attuned and feeling into our bodies too. Like what, what is it that feels good in a way that makes me feel more relaxed and that feels like a little click of alignment Versus the notions that make me feel more tense and more like, oh, like mm -hmm. I'm not who I should be, you know, who I should be right now and just feeling like out of alignment. So there's many ways to sort of um, get to know ourselves and mm -hmm. what feels really aligned versus not. But the body is usually the basis of it. Mm, yeah, so beautiful, so powerful. And, you know, I think that when we do start that process of like really deconditioning and like allowing ourselves to really reclaim like our sovereignty and the full spectrum of our life. I think there's also like something that I mean, I know for me personally, when I went through this process, because I was like, okay, if I really desire to like, cause my deepest desire was to have a life partner. I was like, okay, well, I need to face my shit. Like I need to like mm -hmm. be willing to like look into my shadow side and like really start to like, instead of like shoving all these things in the closet and being like, no, like I'm not going to look at you. I don't want to acknowledge you. It was like, I had to get really real with myself. And I think that it's worth really noting that like that process, it can be beautiful and it can be really fucking hard because it's like you are t needing to take self-responsibility over things that maybe weren't, you know, originally your fault. Like the things that you experienced as a younger person or, you know, maybe past relationships that were traumatic in some way or really activating. It's like still taking that radical ownership over <clears throat> like how you're going to alchemize that into power and truth. So, or your personal truth. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that what you were saying is just so beautiful and I'm so grateful that you, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like freaking allergy season, big time up in Victoria right now. So mind my coughing, everyone. Um, yeah, it's like inviting in that, like the body, like it's like your body knows, like your body leads the way. And I'm so grateful that you shared that piece. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you for bringing up the um, the fact that it's not an easy process mm. to to go into that arena of really being open to connection at different levels, but especially when we do want a partner, when mm. we do want a romantic connection that is deep and lasting and that is intrinsically very exposing mm. and mm -hmm. very vulnerable. Yeah. Like, there's few things in life that are as vulnerable as opening ourselves up romantically to another mm -hmm. person mm. because we risk being rejected. We risk potentially being judged. We risk being uncomfortable and yeah, we're coming up against, you know, our traumas and our stories and our patterns and no wonder so many people find dating really daunting yeah. Because it's, you know, saying like yes to going into this whole arena of oh. vulnerability. Yes. And it's like intimacy is so much deeper than sex. Like intimacy is like really opening your heart for someone to see like the full spectrum of like who you are and to see yourself in that lens too. And like to know and acknowledge that when we like, enter uh, whatever kind of relationship like even if it's just casual 
dating. Like you're still opening up to intimacy in a way that like really asks that you're willing to get vulnerable. And I think that, I mean, I'm sure that you can speak into this more too. It's like that piece around vulnerability and that piece around intimacy is oftentimes the thing that will like either make or break like a connection lasting because if you have one person that's like very open and they're really they're doing the work and they're showing up and they're like making the effort and they're like being vulnerable but then you have the other person or people on the other end that can't meet you there because they can't meet themselves there Mm -hmm. that's usually where we just oh it's so hard and so frustrating Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah it's so heartbreaking when we feel like we are ready to be vulnerable but then the person in front of us is not Mm. um and at the same time it can be very affirming like wow okay like I'm strong enough to go there Mm -hmm. even you know sometimes you know, relationships are never going to be 100% equal in that realm, right? There's usually going to be one person who's a little bit more willing to be vulnerable faster. And and yet Mm -hmm. there can be beautiful alchemy if both people feel safe. Yes. And that's why I think like kindness and um, a commitment to kindness is one of the main things we should be looking for when we look for a partner. Yes. And I teach my clients how to look for that um, in addition to other standards. But I think that should be number one, because you're looking for someone who's going to be a safe container for yes. you to blossom and open up and experience parts of you that you might not have experienced ever. Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you were saying, too, about like the polarity and like how there can be and oftentimes there is this like polarity. And I know even when I met my partner initially, like I was it I was fucking in love with him like immediately. Like and wow. I had a lot more experience with you know being in like more um like long-term relationships like that you know I was I was I'm a very like all in kind of human. Mm-hmm. And I know that like it for him he was more like warming up to the idea that like he could let someone like me into his heart. And but there was always like such deep like loving communication and kindness, like you were saying. So as mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I'm in love with you. He was like, <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I really, really adore you. So like, let's mm-hmm. keep this open. Let's keep this flowing. And like, you know, a few months later he said, I love you. And so it's like oh. also being able to like, mm, be, you know, and connected enough to your self that you know that you got your own back and like even if someone's like not right where you are on the other end that that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't get there especially if there is open communication and there is that like kind heartfelt foundation and so Mm -hmm. yeah coming from experience I mean now like I said like we're getting married so like it does happen like you know you you get to like just trust the like natural process as a person meeting another person who has their whole whole bunch of old their own lived experiences and you're kind of meeting in the middle and trying to figure out each other and so something that um you know I I really loved that you were you were sharing with me in um the form you you shared with me actually and it was about like can we both be committed the question is like can we both be committed to love and freedom at once and mm. I love this question so freaking much and I'm so excited (laughs) to hear what you have to say because I have like such a like I have like my own perspective on this that it feels like so fiery and I'm like I'm I'd love to hear your Mm. your um reflections around this Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's my favorite topic of all times (laughs) where do love and freedom intersect Mm -hmm. and how can they be catalysts for one another rather than taking you know away from one another yes I mean in my perspective real love is not about possession or control Mm -hmm. it is really about wanting the other person's fullest expression no matter what Mm. and yes it can be paradoxical and sometimes be in a position to our need for safety and safety sometimes means like oh I need to be um, in control to a certain extent. Mm. 
But I think that if people can come from the philosophical perspective of, I really want you to be you more than I want to control you, more than Mm -hmm. I want to possess you and really draw that line in the sand, like this is what our love will mean. Mm. Um, And from that philosophy, from that intention, just really see what works for both people. Mm. What, um, What can create an atmosphere and a container that is safe, but at the same time allows for both individuals individual expression that's when the sweet spot can be because then people are now empowering one another to be bigger and blossom and be more of who they are rather than keeping each other small for the sake of safety so Mm. it is a dance and it's going to look different for every relationship like some people you know really need sexual freedom for example and they go towards polyamory Mm -hmm. and that's a fully legitimate expression of freedom and then there's people who really do cherish and want monogamy at because that's really what they want to focus on but that's from a place of freedom it's not from a place of fear yes so whatever you decide to build your relationship upon whatever relationship agreements you have if they can be really based on love and freedom Mm -hmm. then the relationship would not be um a cap to either person's expansion yes oh so good and I love just all the pieces around you know how we can find like such delicious freedom in relationships and truth be told like Justin has been like one of the biggest catalysts to me like finding home within myself Like, because he has been this, like, rooted, grounded, stable container, as you said, for me to, like, really meet some of my, like, deepest fucking traumas, to, like, really see myself, to be more liberated in my expression, and to have him be this mirror that's, like, oh, you can do that thing, Rachel. Like, you're fucking amazing. You're a goddess. Like, of course you can do that. Like, for him to be this, like, direct, like, pillar. And I have never felt more free than I do in this relationship. And that that. is literally a result of, like, this co-creative devotion to not all like us as individuals, right? Like we have relationship values and one of them is individual growth. Like Mm -hmm. we must be devoted to our individual transformation, our growth, ourselves. And then when we meet in the middle, it's like, I, I feel like so, and the same with him, it's like, we both are mirrors for each other. We're actually very similar people in like so many ways. We're very different in a lot of ways too, but it's it's very curious to just see the like the uh, similarities, but the freedom piece, it's like I love that like if I were to be like, "Hey, I'm going to go on this trip for a month." Mm-hmm. He'd be like, "Okay, sweet. I'm going to really miss you." But I know that like I would be so excited equally to go on the trip and to come back home because I'm coming back home to someone that lights me up and like Mm. loves me so deeply. And so I just, yeah, I think that that is, and I know that I was, I used to be a person that when I was, especially when I was younger, where I viewed relationships as like the end of my free essence. And like, Mm. that couldn't be more far from the truth when you're with a partner and a conscious relationship. I find. And that actually kind of leads me to this next question, which I am so excited to dive into this because I used to get so like full transparency. I used to get so triggered by the idea of polyamory. Mm-hmm. Like I used to feel so like, oh, like, especially when Justin and I first started dating, I was just like, like, I just like, it was like a big edge for me. I couldn't even think about it. And I mean, we're, we've devoted to being in a conscious monogamous relationship as it stands like in our current reality, mm-hmm. but I'm now like, I've released the like fear around the concept of polyamory. And I would love to hear you speak about like, do we have to pick monogamy or non-monogamy forever? And are there actually alternatives beyond the like mono poly duality? Mm, yes I just wrote a blog about that that just came um, out about two weeks ago so if people want to go on my website and read it Um, but there is a way to not have to go one way or the other forever 
Mm. and to actually be present. And I think that really ties in the concept of mindful dating or mindful relationship and flowing with presence and not getting attached to one way of doing things because that's what you've always known or Mm. what you've been told to do, Um, but rather really navigating the moment and what it calls for, what love and freedom are calling for in each moment. And my um, academic advisor from my school where I graduated wrote an entire book um, centered around the concept of novogamy. And that's what I talk about in the blog. And that's the idea that you can transcend the binary between monogamy and polyamory and actually have um, a relationship life based on relational freedom, Mm. which is the idea that whatever relationship structure is most conducive to people's growth within it mm. and harmony within it and harmony also with other people that might be involved because we don't just have relationships and dyads we have relationships within communities and ecosystems mm. so it's important to take all of these things into consideration um, but as you said you know like um, you've chosen a path of conscious monogamy And that intentionality is based on freedom. Mm -hmm. It's not based on controlling your partner. It's not based on fear. It's not based on conditioning. Um, It um, is a conscious decision. And that's the idea that, okay, a conscious decision will not necessarily be a fixed decision forever and ever and ever. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I love the idea that we can have fluidity and not lock ourselves into one way of doing things because Mm. Esther Perel too would say like all of us will have many relationships in the course of our lifetimes like maybe an average like three major long-term relationships and some of us will have it with the same person yeah but we can't expect that one relationship format and one way that we relate to a person will last for decades and decades on end like we are constantly evolving and changing so Mm. can we approach that with open-mindedness and open-heartedness yes oh that's so beautiful and I I feel like that is like such an invitation for just life in general it's like everything is nuanced and when we start to operate in these like binary ways of being it's like restricting in a lot of ways and I think that giving yourself permission to know that like what I desire now could evolve and am I willing to be in the discomfort that may come with needing to meet new needs if that day comes where it is like a shift in the dynamic and am I in the type of partnership that gives me the ability to explore those curiosities without feeling wrong or bad or And, and, you know, there is, of course, the possibility of, you know, if the dynamic were to shift within you, like, are you, you know, maybe that person you are with is not going to meet you there. And what can you still meet your needs? And like, what does that look like if that happens? And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where open, like, very, like, mm, like you were saying, kind And curious communication from the get-go is so important because when we don't take the time to like create that foundation in the early parts of our relationships, it's not to say that it can't happen later down the road, but it becomes more hard because you're like wrestling with this conditioning that you have now been conditioned by in the relationship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Justin and I have always, you know, said like, like we're always going to be honest with each other and like we're also going to always take the other person into consideration because like we do have the devotion to being life partners and so there's also like you know again I think you can have compromise without compromising your freedom I think that there's like and that's again nuanced because that's gonna look different for every person Mm -hmm. um but I do feel like it's such a permission slip for everybody listening to know that like you're constantly meeting new versions of yourself you're constantly meeting new versions of your partner hell I've become like (laughs) so many new versions of myself and so is Justin and I feel like I fall in love with him over and over again because I'm like meeting new a new man and like every few months and I'm like 
hmm, this is fun. This is like, and it's like (laughs) that container of freedom, like you were talking about too. I personally find like I feel more liberated in my sexual expression with him than I was when I was single and like just kind of playing around with the world. I feel like I can be like, hey, do you want to try this thing? And he's like, Mm. yes. And there's like, it's not awkward because he Mm. literally knows me so well. Whereas like, I feel like when I was single, it was like way more insecure. But in this container that's rooted in that foundation of safety, I'm like, oh, I really wanted wanted you to like dominate me. And he's like, oh, okay. And then now there's like this sexy dynamic because I was safe. I felt safe enough to ask for what I needed. So Mm can be very delicious. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah, I love um the idea that a good filter for okay, am I in the right relationship for me can be that question. Like mm. do I feel more free within the relationship than outside of the relationship? I think that's such a great question to ask. Mm, yes. Do I feel more free? Do I feel more expressed? Do I feel more empowered? in this relationship than I would feel outside of it yes and then like from that place too it's like also like if you are noticing that you're having a hard time asking for what you need to I guess like the other piece of it is like is it my partner or is it me needing to become more devoted to like myself too because I find that the more I devote to my own pleasure the more I devote to like my own sensuality, I get to invite that into my relationship. I don't, I'm not like leaning into Justin to meet all those needs. It's like, mm-hmm. I want him to, I get to, he gets to like meet me there. But the more that I get comfortable in my body, the more I get comfortable in my sexual expression, the more I get comfortable in my sensuality, the more I feel that way when I'm with him in those spaces. Mm, yes, yes. And in the same way, too, I feel like the more we're willing to give to ourselves, the more generous than we feel with our partners. Mm. Oh, I love this so much. And I feel like this is such a good leeway into like how dating can actually be like a catalyst to our spiritual path mm. and like how it actually can make our world bigger rather than smaller. And I'm so Mm. excited to hear your perspective on this. Mm. Yes. I mean, dating to me, and that's kind of the reason why I became a dating coach. Mm. It's always been this fabulous way to experience the world in a bigger way. And first of all, like how many ways are there in the world to just meet so many people from different walks of life, different demographics, and get a window into their world and that in itself can be such an education for us in terms of Mm. you know who who am I sitting with and and who who is this person in front of me and and what are they bringing up for me Mm. oftentimes dating will bring up things in ourselves that we just have not felt or will Mm. not be feeling in other circumstances different positive and negative emotions, different vulnerabilities, different um, alchemies, different social magical moments, co-creations. And whether we're dating for fun and just meeting a lot of people and kind of wanting breath, breath, I don't know how you pronounce that word. (laughs) Just like meeting a lot of people or whether we're dating for depth and just mm. wanting one person with whom we can really go deep and, and play and get to know each other at such a deep level. Mm. Both of those things will teach us so much about who we are. Mm. And it saddens me when I hear people talking about dating as a chore and something that just is not fun. And of course, a lot of emotions that dating can bring up are not fun. And that's Mm. where the mindfulness can come in and having a support system, having friends or a coach or people who can help us navigate those emotions so that we don't then kind of turn them against ourselves Mm. in a way that doesn't feel good. Mm. But otherwise I think dating can be this amazing adventure in self-discovery. Yes. 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 I like resonate so deeply with all of that. And then, yeah, it's like, noticing how it's almost like even just looking at like all of life is like this spiritual experience and Mm -hmm. so in that it's like of course 
dating is intrinsically spiritual too, because like literally all of our human experience comes from this like connection to the spirit realm. Like we're all like on this path, on this human journey, right? Like we're spiritual beings having this human experience. And so I always have like looked at like, you know, even the relationships in my past that were, you know, for lack of a better term, like pretty shitty, (laughs) like not good situations. Uh I see now from like a zoomed out perspective as I've gotten older, like I'm like, okay, well, that was actually like a huge catalyst to so many other things and meeting new versions of myself and really understanding like what it is that I do desire or what I do want for stand like my what are my standards what are my boundaries and you know I think something that's really curious is and I I wonder you know if people listening will resonate with this because this is actually something that's come up in I've actually had several clients who And I was with prior to Justin, I was, I never really dated anybody or was with someone in a relationship that was like spiritual. And I am like a very spiritual human. Like I'm very connected to that part of myself. And I know that it's come up for clients as well, where it's like they maybe have a partner or they're dating somebody that can't meet them in that depth. And it actually like causes like rifts because you have this part of you that's like so prominent and then somebody is like either either not open to that or they're like just they don't have that capacity and I mean I know for me personally like one of my biggest like green ticks on like the page (laughs) I wrote about what I desired was a partner who was connected to themselves on a spiritual level it didn't have to be like the same exact beliefs as me or anything like that because I did I mean you know Justin and I have helped each other grow so much in our Mm -hmm. spiritual capacities and we have you know differences absolutely but that was like a big like if you can't meet me in the depths like it's not gonna fucking work and I'm just curious as a relationship coach like what would you say to somebody who maybe is like a very spiritual person and they're, they have a partner or they're dating somebody that like, isn't meeting them there. Like, how would you, like, what would you say to that person to support them in that experience? Cause it can be really hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it would depend on what they mean by they cannot meet me there mm. because some people really will say that phrase and what they mean is we don't share the same language around Mm. spirituality Mm. they cannot have the philosophical conversations that I want to have and Mm. that's different than an energetic gap between two people Mm. when it's truly an energetic gap like one person is really just at a whole different level of living their life and they don't really care about growth they don't have growth as a value then it might be irreparable you know it might be better to free one another and move on and find partners that are more well suited to each person's growth desires Mm. but if the gap is more in the language realm Mm. like one person has more of a you know, language based on Buddhism or new age spirituality or, you know, whatever words that they might use to describe their spirituality, but the other person doesn't share that language, then I think people can get over that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And see deeper and it's like, okay, is my heart opening with this person? Am I expanding? Am I blossoming? Are we blossoming? Are we sharing something potent together energetically? Ooh. And if we can sometimes just kind of leave the mind and the words at the door a bit, we can actually tap into a deeper form of magic. Oof. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. And it's so interesting that you said that because when Justin and I started dating, he was finishing his master's degree in biology, like very science focused, like was he's always been really connected to Zen Buddhism and Taoism. So he had this like essence about him that was really connected to that. And he would, you know, he's meditates and he's 
very focused on growth. But then here I am and I'm like, manifestation and magic and you can create your own reality. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like totally like this little fairy that just like plops into his scientific world. And like, he used to get so triggered by the word manifestation, like so, mm-hmm. and we would have like deep conversations. And what we were able to realize is that we actually like, really valued the same things but the language we were using was different and because of our personal lived experiences with how we were taught certain things and what realities we existed in prior to meeting each other we had very different yeah verbiage for how we were oriented in the world and the funny thing is is like now he is like yes I practice magic manifestation like he's like totally (laughs) on board with it and like we still have like you know some things where he's like because I'm like aliens and he's like yeah like probably but like he's like I don't know for sure and I'm like I've talked to them so (laughs) we have like our differences still but I love the differentiation that you just made of is it like an energetic thing or is it a language thing because those are very different and then from that place of like you said being connected spiritually energetically beyond the language but on a soul level you can grow from that place but if you have somebody who's like not into growth doesn't care about like taking you know that initiative then that's really where it starts to be like is this going to work long term right right that's beautiful oh thank you for sharing that that is such a powerful powerful moment I'm sure there's people listening that are like oh big permission slip um this is actually Really exciting because as you know, you know, so many people that listen to this podcast and the majority of the work that I do is centered around, you know, leadership and business. And I would be so curious to hear from your perspective, like what the parallels are between entrepreneurship and dating. Mm, Yes, that is such a juicy topic. And I'm always thinking about it because I'm an entrepreneur as well. I own my own coaching practice. So I'm constantly coming against my own edges, my own fear of rejection, my own fear of vulnerability, like putting myself out there, doing videos. Oh God, like it's so uh, scary sometimes to take that leap of faith and deeper and deeper layers of leadership and responsibility and business. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really motivates me is I think about, my clients who are in the process of taking deeper and deeper levels of responsibility in their love lives and becoming emotionally available for more love, more intimacy, more authenticity in dating. And I feel like we're navigating parallel paths. And if I'm going to stop and say like, oh, I'm not valuable enough, my gifts are not big enough to offer the world, and I'm going to keep myself small in my business, then in a way, who am I to encourage my clients to go bigger in love? Mm, Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it's like, even the pieces around, you know, working with clients, and having conversations and like, you know, being in the online space, like it's such a, like an opportunity for vulnerability. There is intimacy. It's like the, like, you know, how deep we meet ourselves is how deep we can meet our clients. And like, are we willing to have the difficult conversations? Are we Mm -hmm. willing to like hold up the mirror and like call someone to arise higher? Like it's so like the, the parallels are absolutely there. And I, I love you know, us kind of looking at like how all relationships are like a deeper invitation into that vulnerability and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's all really about love. I mean, the kind of entrepreneurship that we're doing, it is about creating more love in the world. It's about yeah. empowering one another to become mm-hmm. more of who we are and express ourselves more freely. Yeah. That's really what amazing relationships should be about like both Mm -hmm. intimate love relationships and business relationships yes so I think that either one or you know each one of those arenas can be a great practice ground for the other yes if people listening feel like oh wow I'm really practiced in the business realm and I'm able to put myself out there and overcome my fears but I'm so scared about dating yeah, okay, it's different challenges, but you already have your own medicine. Yeah. 
Mm, and vice versa you know when I think about my fears around growing my business I'm like okay well if I were going on a date right now I don't think I would be that scared so Mm. I can transfer that fearlessness and that belief in my own worth and my own gifts into into business yes it's like that is actually something that I think is so valuable is and I actually will oftentimes reflect this back to my clients and like so maybe they're like oh I'm really scared right now I'm like okay well when was a time that you felt really confident mm-hmm. and they're like oh da, 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 da. and I'm like oh so you know, you do know how to feel confident and they're like mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like okay so if you already know how to feel confident then you can actually apply that feeling that you already know how to embody toward this situation mm-hmm. and they're like oh my god yeah you're totally right and so I love <laughs> that you're like noticing how yeah, like if I have this area of my life where I do feel this like self-assuredness and confidence and like I feel really embodied, when we do notice like those edges pop up maybe in our relationship or when we're dating or in our business, we can just kind of lean into that other area of our life that we mm-hmm. do already feel that way. And like that is oh, so powerful, so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And I think especially with online dating, there's such an opportunity to create a communication about ourselves towards the world Mm -hmm. that is really authentic and powerful and empowering to us. Like, I love helping people build their online dating profiles, pick the right pictures and encapsulate, you know, in, in few words, really, like, what are the cool things about me and what am I looking for and what makes me tick and um, just kind of come across in a way that is really empowered but also really authentic and from there create the magnet to the people who will resonate with us and it's the same thing in business like creating a website or a social media presence or having a conversation like we're doing right now like kind of sending those signals into the world like hey this is what we stand for this is who we are like join us we're calling in our people we're calling in love in Mm. in different ways so it's it's such we're so lucky I think to live in such a time you know a digital age where we can call in people from everywhere as well like not just people who are geographically right next to Mm. us Yes. And um, just be big in that way. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, I definitely feel like, you know, there's absolutely like so much space to find, you know, romance and things of that nature on dating apps. And I'm just curious, like, I know I'm sure, I mean, I know even when I was using dating apps, there's a level of overwhelm that happens. It's like, which mm-hmm. dating app's the right app? Like, there's like many conversations happening at once. Where do I like give my attention to? Like, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, cause I, I what I was hearing was you saying, you know, there's a ways that we can set up our profiles to like really be this embodied, you know, big kind of lighthouse for like what it is that we're all about. But I'm also curious, like, how do you help how would you suggest people like navigate like the waters of of dating apps and like knowing how, like what to give their energy to and like how to actually move from, you know, oh man, I'm having like all of these conversations to being like, oh, like there are these, this person or these people that I like actually want to go a step further with. Mm-hmm. Well, first I think to really manage and mitigate the overwhelm of dating apps, I would recommend creating a ritual around them. So, you know, like just really connecting to the sacredness of human connection Mm. before you even start swiping or opening your app. Um, Maybe you want to dedicate a certain place in your home you know where you're going to be using the apps and maybe a certain time maybe you want to say okay I'm going to use the apps for like 15 minutes a day and that's going to be but I'm going to really put my heart in it and my presence in it so kind of counteracting the overwhelm and the digital marketplace and algorithm stuff you know that is not necessarily conducive to love but counteracting with intention and ritual and heart centeredness Mm. 
And um, then in terms of really discerning, like who do I want to go forward with? And that starts, I think, when we just look at somebody's picture. Mm. I think we are all very intuitive beings and we have access to so much information when we see somebody's photo what is this person made of like what kind of emotions are they running in their body what's their character traits and that's kind of an acquired skill that's something I love to teach and do with my clients too is just like embodied intuition when it comes to swiping and of course we might not get it right always the first time but practicing can refine our intuition in that realm and then communicating in a way that also feels really authentic and intuitive and heart-centered and kind of escalating the communication when it feels right, when it feels like it is creating goodness and excitement and recognizing like what kinds of excitements are good for us versus toxic sometimes like attractions of deprivation versus attractions of inspiration, like my colleague Ken Page would say. He wrote a beautiful book called Deeper Dating, by the way. So if people want to read a book about dating, that's a really good one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then meeting in person and going from there to like, do I want to open my heart to this person? Does it feel like a safe environment? Mm -hmm. It's a really great process and it's a very sacred one. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. It's so incredible to look at it as... A ritual and like being really intentional. And I think that that can be applied too to like how we use social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead yeah. of it being this like multitask thing that we're just constantly engaging with, it's like if I'm going to like, for example, like whether it's a dating app or engaging with your community or responding to comments or DMs, it's like, is there a deeper invitation into making it a ritual and to making it a space that is sacred and that does allow for like very intentional connection where you're also in tune with your body and your intuition. It's like to know, to be able to be conscious enough in that present moment, to be able to even attune to that intuitive aspect. Like that is so, so powerful. And I'm just like, like what a beautiful um, mirror that you just held up for people listening. Like, can you make it really intentional and really, really juicy? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. Because a lot of people tend to blame the platforms. They'll say like, oh, online dating sucks and, you know, apps really suck. And okay, sure. App designers don't necessarily have our best interest in mind. They want to make money. It's not always the most conducive platform to feel like the best version of ourselves. But instead of taking that kind of victim attitude, I cannot do anything about it. Like, okay, how can we use this app and bring our authenticity anyway? Because the bottom line is those apps are giving us access to people that we would not have access to otherwise. Mm. I met my husband on Tinder. I would not have crossed paths with him, I don't think, any other way. And oh my gosh, how cool. How cool that that path was provided for us. So beautiful. Yes, I love that. It's the invitation for gratitude and acknowledgement and to notice that we're so blessed to live in a day and age where we can connect with anybody around the whole world and that we have the ability to, you know, take that like self-responsibility over like who we're being in relationship with these apps, who we're being in relationship with the, yeah, like the, the actions we're taking when we're utilizing these things. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this conversation has been like actually incredible. And I feel like I could talk <laughs> to you forever because this is mm-hmm. such a juicy conversation. <laughs> um, I'm just so deeply grateful for you sharing all your wisdom and your knowledge with everybody listening And I have a couple, I have one last question that I always ask everybody that comes on the show. And then I'll also just get you to share with everybody where they can find you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm curious, what does being an embodied leader mean to you? Oh, wow. An embodied leader. To me, it's really about being able to ask our heart Mm -hmm. at every given moment, what is right and what is the loving thing to do? 
all about love, my friends. Mm -hmm. It comes back to love always. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It definitely mm -hmm. resonates with me deeply. And yeah, where can people find you? Yeah. So I do offer free 30 minutes exploratory sessions to mm -hmm. anyone who would like to explore dating and relationship coaching. You can find me at loveinsight-dating.com. That's my website. And Instagram also, it's at love underscore under, I mean, <laughs> at love underscore insight underscore dating. And I'm also on Facebook under my name, Marie Tuine. And um, yeah, please be in touch. I would love to hear from your listeners and fellow entrepreneurs. Yes, absolutely. And I'll make sure that I link all of your beautiful links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Definitely reach out to Marie. I'm sure that there is so much value that you'll be able to take from your work with her. And uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you for your time, genuinely. That was such a fun conversation, Rachel. Thank you so much for My inviting pleasure. me. Have a really beautiful rest of your day, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Embodied Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us reach more coaches and entrepreneurs just like you. And also don't forget to check out our blog each week, which you'll find in the show notes. I would absolutely love for you to take a screenshot and share this episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at I am Rachel Fisher. I can't wait to see you next week. Talk to you soon.